Hot Tub Beers is meant for entertainment purposes with a side of beer education. Each episode may contain offensive and off-color humor. Our intended audience is people 21 years of older who love beer and laughter. Thistle Draft Shop in Spring, Texas is the model for craft beer bars in the Lone Star State. Both best in Texas and top 50 in the nation for craft beer bars in 2019 and 2020. With over 200 selections in the cooler and 60 beers on tap, Mary Thorne and her staff stay true to her mission of bringing independent craft to the people that love it. In addition to the beer selection, there are dozens of craft seltzers and ciders to wet your palate, all independently brewed, ranging from things you see every day to rare barrel-aged versions. An incredible wine selection rounds out a beverage menu that can only be topped by the carefully crafted food that leaves the scratch kitchen. Elevated gastro-probe cuisine, ranging from truffle fries to blue cheeseburgers to charcuterie boards. Visit on Taco Tuesday or Steak Wednesday for a unique offering that will never be repeated. Give them a visit at 5210 FM 2920 in Spring, Texas for a unique experience that will bring you back again and again and again. Welcome back to Hot Tub Beer. So we're we're staying in Houston today, but today we are we're not going with the same brewery. We're going with the same style. Okay, so we're taking IPAs and we're taking three uh, IPAs that are premier kind of standard IPAs of that brewery in the Houston area, and we're going to pit them against each other in the depths of the hot tub and see who comes out on top. Does that sound fair? 100%. 100%. So the first first rule about IPA Fight Club is we we <laughs> Don't complete, talk about IPA Fight Club. We're we're going to we're going to run our fucking mouths about IPA Hot Tub. That's that's uh that's how this works. It's the complete opposite of regular Fight Club. So we're going Spindle Tap. So Spindle Tap, Humble, Texas, okay? Another group of guys just like 11 below come out of the oil and gas industry, right? Uh, this is a play off of Spindle Top. The, one of the original gushers out of the Houston area that kind of established the, uh, the oil and gas industry in the Houston area. So we've got the Hop Gusher IPA. All right? Hop Gusher IPA, uh, American IPA, 6.5%, 70 IBU. So a great IBU for, a, uh, for an IPA. Now, Spindle Tap is kind of secretive about their... Recipe. Recipes, yes. So I could not find the type of hops that are in there, okay? Um, me and Jacob get larger pores than Jake just because... He's responsible. Yes, yes. <laughs> and here, Bingo. Bingo, here's your pour. You gotta watch out, Betty. Betty. Betty's the other dog. She is scared to drink beer from Bingo because he will bite her. Um, <laughs> nobody, nobody fucks with Bingo's beer. So He's an angry drunk. He's an angry drunk. He gets angry, he bites her, and he passes out. Um, so, off the nose, nice piney nose. I, it, off the nose, it smells like an IPA. Okay? So, so no prejudgment before. Uh, art on the can is great. You got the, uh, the drill with the hop head on the drill. Drew, uh, drilling down into the ground. You got the Houston skyline in the background. You got hops, green and gold everywhere. Nice can. And Spindle Tap does a good job with their art. They, they are very Houston-centric. They've kind of really etched their place in the Houston market, um, but this is this is something that they've had on tap for a long time. Clean beer. It looks good. It's got a massively sweet nose on it. I mean, the nose is just um, ridiculously sweet compared to the actual flavor itself, uh, which to me is a, is a very off-putting thing. 
but it's uh, it's not something you kind of pass over. It really has this big, sweet, floral kind of flavor on your nose. Okay. Which, you know, may be up some people's alleys, but for me, it's very contradictory to what the actual juice is. It's got a very clean, dry flavor, but a very sweet floral nose on okay, it. Okay, so I just, I just taste it. I've had this before, but I haven't had it in a while. Um, I'm really not sure what to say. So I'm going to let Jacob go first. I'm going to throw him under the bus. Yeah, let's throw him under the bus. Yes. The bus is coming, Jacob. Go. I feel like... I feel like the beer is trying to identify it's a West Coast style. But it misses the mark. Yeah, but it comes off... That's like, for me, like, West Coast style was like the beer of Florida's. It's piney, it's bitter, it's right. full-bodied, but it's still clean. Um, so this one, yeah, it's kind of like a, like a, I mean, I guess it's Texas in general. Like, you got the East Coast, West Coast battle right there in the middle. It's kind of like doing both styles at the same time. Yeah. That's what I'm getting. Um, so as the, having had all their beers, pretty much, like, I would say this one probably is, the lesser of the beers when you, when you compare it to other beers that they have like Houston Hayes and stuff like that like Heavy Hands Heavy Hands yeah yeah um, Calavera yeah Calavera is a great one even uh, Honey Hole yeah. like this, like, but this one it, it's kind of like uh, I mean it, everyone has to have a core IPA so it's not the worst core IPA I've ever had but it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely because I think everyone has a core everyone who's yeah. a smart brewery has a core IPA now with a bunch of adjuncts, a core IPA that you can push out there. Yes. It could be your core. Um, but this one, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if someone gave it to me, I, w I wouldn't say no, you know. If I had it in my fridge, I, I drank it last night, actually, during uh, Call of Duty. Uh, yeah. But then I switched over to Houston Hayes. I, I, I agree. I, to me, the nose on it kind of tricks me into drinking it. Because mm -hmm. the nose is great. I think the nose, the, like I, I like the description of sweet. I like there's a lot of piney, a lot of earthy notes. Like the on the nose, all the hops fit together. But when you taste it, it just feels like a muddle of hops. It doesn't feel like the hops were planned to be together in a certain way. Yeah. The, this, the, the flavor falls off a little bit. Correct. When you smell it, you're like, oh, this is gonna be a good IPA. But like for flavor profile, it doesn't. It almost. I mean, Dale's Pale Ale. It's technically a Pale Ale. From what they were clarifying it, but like yeah. that's more of an IPA. Yeah. Well, and this, it, this and, and it's it's not bad. Mm -mm. It's not bad, but I've had that. You know, I I'm, I'm just gonna jump straight into it. Um, I would not keep this in my fridge, and I would not give it to my friends. Um, it's it's not undrinkable, but I would never have more than a pint. It's got a sweetness to it. It has the pine a little bit in it. But it's not enough to really balance out the body. And uh, at the end of the day, I'd rather drink a true West Coast than um, drink this one. Well, I, and I would agree. I think it was, this would benefit from a little bit stronger malt backbone to kind of balance out the hops that they put in there and kind of like highlight the flavors of the hops. Because it just really feel like something is being lost between the malts and the hops to where they're not balancing each other out. And I'm not getting what they want. Because like... Nobody makes beer that's meant to taste bad on purpose. 
Mm -hmm. Right, so there's there's a direction that they were going with this beer, and you can kind of from the nose get the direction that they're going with this beer. Mm -hmm. But I think there's got to be some tweaking with the malt backbone and with the hops and where you're going to where you can get what you're getting off the nose when you put it in your mouth. You know, and I don't think this is a bad beer at all. I think this was a good beer for 2010. Unfortunately, it's 2021. I think I think it's just time to remodel the recipe. I really yeah. do. Right. And so this, this episode is going to be a little bit different. We're not going to rate this on a scale of one to four. Okay? Mm -hmm. So we got three beers. We're going to go one, two, first, second, and third place as far as Houston IPAs. Okay? Mm -hmm. And then what we'll do is we'll take the, uh, the first place beer. We'll hold it in reserve. Okay? And then later on in another episode, we'll pick three more IPAs until we've gone through the Houston deal now, please, if you're listening, don't go next week. There's the next IPA battle. This will be completely, totally random. Yeah, if you're the one percent that's Canadian or the twenty percent that's non-binary, correct your horses. Correct. We got a lot of work to do here. So, speaking of non-binary, Jacob. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jacob, are how you would, binary? How would how would how would I increase our non-binary audience on the podcast? It's a, it's a it's a group that I have not tapped into. Mm, good question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so good answer. Please. Yeah, yeah. Answer, please. Non-binary. I don't know, man. I, I mean, honestly, like the whole idea of podcast uh, is actually somewhat new to me as well. Um, so, just to get that market in here, I don't know. Maybe we find someone who's non-binary to come in here and do it. Oh, you, do y'all know any non-binary people? Uh, at least one or two. The answer is yes. Uh, I think I think the biggest thing though is um, I think that's you know living out in the suburbs. That's kind of such a shunned thing, which is ridiculous to me. But inherently, beer has this um, this kind of masculine mask on it. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people that think beer is inherently masculine, and it's not at all. You know, uh, the big thing is we got. Uh, girls pint out. We got uh, the Pink Boot Society. Like, yes. It is not an inherently masculine hobby, and I think that's the biggest thing is breaking the norm. Does and your okay? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I, I think um, I think non-binary is fucking. I think it's dope because at the end of the day, is we're drinking beer. We're here for beer. We're not here for everything else in between. Yeah. So if your question is how do you raise more non-binary viewers, I think the end goal is you don't because. It's dope being non-binary. I love that answer. And here's here's why I love that answer. Like, I honestly, in any way, do not believe that we should be looking at statistics and data in that matter. Yeah. Unless they're Canadian. And obviously, Unless they're Canadian. Obviously, we're obviously. less than 1% now. We need to raise it up to maybe 2%. That goes unsaid. You know? I don't know. I was thinking about lowering it, Canadians. Um, so, <laughs> fucking Molson. Uh, what are we time. doing up there? So, so you know, it, it, it's 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 about that Labatt's <laughs> blue, some molten ice. Um, unless you want to come down here and get in the hot tub, which we had Canadian weather this week. Um, are you, we had Canadian summer weather. Oh, we yeah. had Canadian summer, summer weather. Yeah, this yeah, week. yeah. That's, that's like July. So and it, it, it came and went very quick. It said sorry and left. <laughs> it was sorry. Sorry, Sorry, Have you ever seen that movie Strange Brew, Rick Moranis? Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. It's a class. You haven't seen that? Oh, you I might be a communist, that. Jake. Your parents have failed you. I'm all uh, about, look, I'm all about weird science and uh, oh, animal yeah. house. Oh, and, weird know. science is a good one. Yeah, yeah. 
So, speaking of non-binary, uh, we're sorry for, you know, the discrimination and weird science, but it's still a great movie. Yeah. I, listen, <laughs> we talked about this before. Like, everything is great in the context that you put it in. I can't watch a 1990s movie and put it in 2020 context and go, well, that's they shouldn't have been thinking that way. Yeah. It was great a for what it was. A lot of things shouldn't have happened back then. <laughs> correct, correct. Yeah. I watch, we watch movies now. We show my kids. We're watching The Godfather last night. Yeah. Fucking great movie. Best yeah. book I've ever read, Mario Puzo, The Godfather. Yeah. Right? Is it politically correct? Absolutely. Like, absolutely not, rather. Like, it's, it's, it's horribly politically incorrect. But is it great? Is it a classic? Was it perfect for what it was? Yes, without a doubt it was. Yeah. Right? And so, I, I, I don't know, that's that's another, I don't want to get too high on my high horse before I start drinking hipster sauce and become a real hipster, right? So, <laughs> we're going to come back in just a moment with 11 Below Brewing. We featured 11 Below before. Jacob was with us when we did the 2018 Java Stout. Um, and so, we're going to go to their hipster sauce. Now, this is not their first IPA. But it is one of their is become one of their premier IPAs. So when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about hipster sauce. Uh, we're going to put on our monocle and twist our mustache and get down to drinking. That's my ringtone. So here we are back. Talking about Burt Reynolds mustaches. Burt Reynolds mustache. Just talking about the hipster sauce. I had a buddy of mine who actually like grew his mustache out. That's all he had. Like that old vaudeville curled it up, big curls up to the side. It was it was it was kinda sexy, you know, yeah, no homo. Uh you but throw the handlebars though if you're ready to that. What's that? It is the handlebars. Oh yeah. Oh, I've oh, done the trucker like mustache. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's kinda nice. So in the in the in the in the hot tub right now, everybody has beards. Um we're all at different levels of ages though, correct? I'm forty one. Thirty-seven. Jacob's thirty-seven. Thirty. Thirty. We got a we got a ten-year gap. Here. So so we got a 10, 11 year gap in here, right? Um, we're all pretty fucking sexy. I don't know if you can see us or not. I'm pretty sure you can't. But because um, <laughs> it is radio. It is radio, right? You and, don't even know if we have pants or not. <laughs> I, well, <laughs> it that's is a hot debatable. Tub. <laughs> it is a hot tub. We're going into the hipster sauce. So like we've been on this theme of packaging on these last few episodes. So we have a fish. Riding an old school bicycle with a large wheel in front, small wheel in the back, with a monocle, chasing a hop, with a handlebar mustache that's curled up on the end. Um, I don't know. Does that represent their hipster? Uh, you know, as, as anybody that knows me, uh, I truly love Eleven Below. Yes. Uh, and, and even in an unbiased fashion, I know that sounds kind of back, back ass words, but uh, I think everything they do is just clean and just beautiful and even if I didn't have a, a working relationship with them I think I'd still love them uh, but when it comes out of the packaging I really think that the hipster sauce can now is better than the hipster sauce can before it's not ideally what I would go for but it truly does represent what they are going for and I think that right there is itself is iconic it stands out it's another one of those cross between simplicity and complexity you know you talk about like the apple design for icons you know yes. it's very very clean but yet there's still a lot going on um and in all reality i think the hipster sauce can really does kind of put it out there that the idea is is everybody's a hipster when they're drinking craft beer and they really kind of highlight that it's the the gross um kind of generalization is, of beer drinkers. Can you be a can you be a craft beer drinker without being a hipster? Uh 
you know, according to gross generalization, absolutely not. Yeah. Oh, absolutely Bud Light, not. <laughs> it's, it's either you're a hipster or you drink Bud Light. Yeah. Oh, that gross generalization. Yeah. Okay. That's oh, I see what you're saying. That's been a gross generalization we, for we, easily ten years. We now. all know the different levels. So you have you have your uh, you have your hipsters. You have your your beer geeks, who I think we all fit into. Then you have your beer snobs. Yeah. Which you, I think we passed up. Yeah. But let's be real. Let's okay. So the, the it's beer. Um, what is it like? Connoisseurs or enthusiasts in the beginning, right. and then you got the snobs, and then you have the beer geeks because the snobbery is the people who don't actually understand it yet. And I think we've all kind of passed that where it's like, no, if you enjoy it, that's the number one thing. And yeah. I feel, I yeah. feel like the beer snobs are like, like barely like introductory to me. Like so the beer snobs it, are assholes. Let's if, be right. if we're if we're on a podcast and we we have a podcast about drinking beer and tasting beer and talking about beer, I'm going to assume this means we're smarter than everybody else. I mean, we're obviously smarter than anybody else. Obviously. Obviously. So it's, it's been a struggle of mine nice. being smarter than everybody else. And I always tell my kids, kids, it's going to be a struggle. Because you're my child, you're going to be smarter than everybody else. <laughs> so <laughs> but, yeah. so I, those of you that don't know me, um, I am smarter than everybody else. Those of you that do know me uh, realize that I'm saying this in jest. But the 11 Below, I, and I'll tell you how I came to, uh, to know 11 Below. When we were uh, living in Magnolia prior to coming here, right, we were four miles away from Lone Pine. And I took them homebrew. I traded them homebrew for whatever they had at the time. And we I want to say I had like some early versions of Yellow Rose. Yeah, and it's been an uphill experience for you, hasn't it? It has been. And so when we moved over to Spring, 11 Below was the closest brewery. And so we went there, and we thought, they're good, but they're not super great. Yeah. As we kept going with them and kind of stayed with them along the path, the beer that they produce and the growth that they're on is fucking amazing. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. The growth is amazing. Okay. Now, I realize that we're all riding 11 Below's dick right now, and we didn't do this for Spindle Tap, but there's a reason. Well, I, agree. I agree. Okay, there's, yeah. a, there's a reason. Now, I will say that the IPAs that come out of 11 Below are not the fav my favorite beers out of 11 Below. I think it depends. I think their base IPAs are, I mean, they're standard. I wouldn't be afraid to have them in my fridge, but it's not my first Correct. choice. You know, it's a very kind of balanced subject. I think I think they really excel in the multi beers, the Dublin Milo. That's interesting. The yeah. the Flex Appeal, uh, their Oktoberfest. I think those beers are through the fucking roof and have hit the mark since the beginning. Yeah. Did not need refinement. Like they hit the nail on the head with those. Now, I realize we're not talking about multi beers in this episode. We're talking about IPAs. Uh, Jacob is over here caressing the IPA, uh, slowly stroking it back and forth in the hot tub. And so, Jacob, after your intimate time with hipster sauce over there on the uh, opposite corner of the hot tub from all of us, out of arm's reach while you stroke the can, um, tell us, what do you think? I mean, I think this is a great idea. It really is. Now, I've always been confused with Elephant Below um, because I think they have great branding identity like i'm sure there's a backstory between this with the i guess it's a fanny pack i don't know it's a catfish riding a going for a hop i don't know what's going on there but there's a cool backstory and i expect that, that could be a very very big thing for a beer i've never really understood the 11 below brand but i've understood a lot of their beer brands does that make sense yeah yeah actually i can kind of help a little bit on that. So, and, and i think we talked about that in the last episode right like so an imperial 
barrel in oil was 11 gallons below an imperial barrel or a barrel of beer. So, and that's where the name came, correct? Uh, uh, a barrel of beer is going to be about 42 gallons, and a barrel of beer is going to be about 31 gallons. Mm -hmm. So they're, they are running off that 11 below what a, uh, a barrel of oil is to a barrel of, of beer. Um, you know, th there's a lot of... it's. Running a business, there's a lot of things you don't ever think about. And I think with 11 Below, there's a lot of things that we would never think about. If you look at all of their beers, right, you have Dublin Me Luck, you have Lame Duck, you have Hipster Sauce, uh, Seven Iron, Oso Bueno. If you think about every single one of those, think about like sounding them out. If you didn't know what the word meant, Oso Bueno, Lame Duck, yeah. uh, Seven Iron, they're all two words. They're all... Um, very not to, not to say aggressive, but they're they're all very prominent sounding uh, words. Lame, right? There's there's a hard uh, mm -hmm. beginning with a soft ending. Oh, so you know there's there's a lot of hardness in it. Well, I always so, love that one, and I'll go back to it while we finish yeah, it. Say it, I'll come back to it. But when you think about it, do we necessarily go? Oh, okay. Seven iron is when you're supposed to uh, play golf with, which we do. We we play a lot of disc golf with seven mm -hmm. iron, but when you break it down. It's two words with a pretty prominent pronunciation, mm -hmm. um, and, and it, it really, really fits. And I think that's one of those things that they kind of work into subtly. Yeah. Um, and to me, that's that's a really, really cool thing to think about it on that level or that depth. So, it, 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 I've always loved Oso Bueno just because being Hispanic and like seeing the seeing in between the lines there, like Oso Bueno, it's that oh so good, right? Yeah. But Oso is the uh also means bear in mm -hmm. spanish that's the logo on the count yeah. so it's got like some double meaning there which which i always thought like they're, they're putting thought into these there's depth in the name there's depth in the beer mm -hmm. and and so like when we're looking at this beer we're looking at not just one like we're looking at mosaic amarillo and citra hops okay so we should be getting berry earthy grassy and citrus out of all of these hops mm -hmm. so on the nose i'm getting that on the nose, I'm getting a lot of citrus. I'm getting a lot of berry. Not as much grassy on the nose. But when I'm tasting it, I get everything. Yeah. This is one of those beers um, I would not be afraid to keep in my fridge. Uh, I would not buy. I would not be afraid to buy a six pack. Is it the first one I'd go for every single time? I don't. I just. I don't think so. Mainly because it is readily available, you know, and it's 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 a fantastic beer, but it's also not a holy ghost it's not you know creme de la creme it's not it's not the top tier but boy is it is a fantastic daily drinker so this is this is supposed to be a new england style is it fair to put it up against uh hop gusher which is kind of like this west coast hybrid style i would think so only because hop gusher is so sweet i mean as west coast okay. as you call it i wouldn't i wouldn't consider hop gusher a west if, coast if we're if we're if we're sticking just to straight houston which is why I chose these three, right? I think these three fit Houston. And all three have found a foothold in Houston. Okay. Like, every, 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 each one of these has its own fan base in Houston, which, I don't know, like you, you mentioned earlier, and I don't remember whether it was on this episode or another one, about Houston almost, you have, if you come into Houston, you have to be almost ready to market to Houston as a different state. Because we are who we are, we, we know who we are, we're liberal, but we're conservative at the same time. We're big city, but we're small town at the same time. Like it's 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 a very very unique place. Mm -hmm. And I we're, we're, 
I don't know, we've talked about this before too, but we're obviously better than everybody else. Obviously. Um, yeah, obviously. Which is, you know, and we've had Dallas beers. They haven't really set well, as well as Houston beers. They're not yeah. horrible. I, I think I've got uh, Manhattan Project coming up. So. Manhattan Project does a pretty good brew, man. They so I've got, a, I've got a whole bunch of ladies here going to sit in the hot tub with me and drink some Manhattan Project. Yeah, I'll call you. I haven't, I haven't decided what I'm going to do with John and Mary yet. I may need to go up to uh, Thistle with Mary and pick out some beer out of the cooler. I got you. I'll curate all day. Oh, sweet. All day. Y'all, okay. y'all pick, pick the style or the threshold. I got you. Okay, we'll do it. But, uh, yeah, we, we've got some pretty cool stuff lined up. But as far as an IPA goes, th- this is a lower IBU. But, like, this is 45 IBU compared to a 70 IBU coming from Hop Gusher. But like we talked about before, the IBU is almost subjective. Right? It's, what do you feel? And especially when we're talking about an American-style IPA, an American-style IPA does not color inside the lines. You know, it, I'm, I'm always going to go back to this. I think IBU is such a great reference when you're brewing and manufacturing. I think as a consumer, IBU is very close to an invaluable number. I, th- I think it's very close to something that doesn't really tell you as much as you think it tells you. Don't get me wrong, it really makes you feel like you know what it's saying, but it, it doesn't because uh, the IBU comes from the formula of making the beer. It doesn't come from a measurement after making the beer, right? So you're at this point, we're talking alpha acids over malts and right. water and everything else that goes into it. So it can give you something. If you have a Pilsner that's sitting at 70 IBUs, that's a great reference point if you're brewing the beer. But as a consumer, you're going to look at that and be like, okay, well, that's a great reference point for the beer, and they shouldn't have really brewed it like that. So we're not going to really follow that. So perceived bitterness is the number one uh, I think you should follow, which is not something that's really quantifiable in numbers at this moment. So there is a correlation, but not as much as you think. Uh, 70 IBUs on an IPA, all it says to you is, this is an IPA, we fit within the realms uh, mathematically, Correct. Uh, but in the end game, the sweetness of the malt really is what's going to balance your, your actual perceived bitterness with it. So, I'm going to get on a tangent here. I, I know on the IPA episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about sours, but when we did the Blue Owl Sour, they rated all their beers with sour units. Mm-hmm. Is that was something I was not familiar with? Is that something that y'all are familiar with? Yeah, sour units. Yeah. What is a sour unit, yeah. honestly? Like, how do you actually measure a sour unit? I have no idea. That's that's my biggest concern. Is not how do you measure it from a recipe, but how do you actually measure it at the end? Are we using a spectrophotometer? Are we using you know like what what tools are we actually using to measure this? Because at the end of the day, it's speculation if you don't have an actual tool and an actual measurement. Yeah, no idea. I have absolutely no idea. But I do know that the Tangerina had a sour urine unit of 73. I don't know. It didn't suck. The beer didn't suck. It was yeah. good. Good beer. Yeah. But back to IPAs, this is, it's, it, it's a little hazy. It's not clean. It's not clear. But that's New England, right? So... I'm getting pine and citrus out of this one. Like, to me, I like this beer because it's not... We talked about Hop Gusher not fitting the West Coast or East Coast style. 
and I know that they say that this is a New England style, but to me it doesn't fit either one as well. It's kind of this hybrid Texas deal. You, you know, I have to, I have to say it. It's a term that's been coined, but not really solidified. I think it really fits into what we'd call a third coast IPA. It's not quite a West Coast. It's not quite an East Coast. It's defining characteristics are really being in between. You got Did you just pininess. No, I didn't. It's it's been coined. It's been very very sparing. Who coined it? Uh, the first people to coin it. Oh man, I wish I'm giving I could, you an opportunity. To take I wish I could tell you who right it was off the top of my head. On Hot Tub Podcast. Uh, the name that comes to my mind, I'm not going to say out loud for a reason. Uh, but you know the the big thing is it's it is really in between the both. You got West Coast. You got Piney. You got a, a fair bit of clarity, some fair bit of bitterness, but you're not going to miss the juicy the hazy aspect of, of a really clean drinking, easy drinking, crushable IPA. So you heard it here first. The third coast IPA. <laughs> on, on I did not coin beer. it. I'm only I, really I, I'm giving Jake the credit. Jake Thorne, innovator of the third coast IPA is here <laughs> in the hot tub today. So we've had two third coast IPAs. I think under your under your what you're saying, we got hop gusher and hipster sauce that are both fit that category of a third coast IPA. Maybe the style hasn't been invented yet, but... It's there. It's there. Yeah. It's there, and it fits, and it feels good. So we've had Hop Gusher. We've had Hipster Sauce. We're going to take a little bit of a break, cleanse the palate. We're going to come back with Crush City from Buffalo Bayou. All right, so last beer in the IPA battle, okay? We've got Buffalo Bayou, Bayou Brewing, okay? we got Rasul Zar Zarf... Zarin Far, I'm, I'm probably not saying this correct. Russell is good. Russell is good. Okay, so and then Ryan Robertson, both these guys. Ryan's from North Texas. Uh, Russell found Ryan in North Texas. They came together, uh, and the, the whole the whole process is creativity. They want to be one of the most creative brewing uh, people in the state of Texas, right? Um, and so they they do come out with a lot of creative things. But what we have is the Crush City. They've capitalized on Houston. Uh, specifically with the Houston Astros, we've got an Astros themed can. It's a bright IPA, uh, Crush City IPA. We got the skyline in the background. We're at 7% alcohol, 60 IBU. So this is right in between the 11 Below and the Hop Gusher. All right. And all they're using for the hops here is the Mandarina hops, which we're going to get, we should get Mandarin Orange type flavors off of. Correct? Correct. Okay. So. I don't know, let's open it the fuck up. Uh, so, a side note that a lot of people don't know, uh, Crush City is an actual area in Houston. It's not just a coin term. Uh, it's right there between Montrose and the Museum District is the actual Crush City. Ah, okay. So why was it named that? Do you know? I have zero idea. All I know is when you pull it up on a map, it's you're literally in Crush City. Bright IPA, citrus. We got the be someone uh, that's that's. Well, you got the train. That's the Astros train. The Astros train. That's what I thought. Maybe. Crush city. They're hit crushing. So you you got you got the guy on the buffalo. Bingo, what do you think? Come and crush it. Sign. Um, you you're really appealing to the hearts of Houstonians on this beer. So this is another one of those beers. Where it's like their name brand IPA. This is Correct. their 
core IPA. This is the one they put out. This is their core beer. Uh, Hipster Sauce, is that their core IPA? Yeah. Okay. So they've got three core IPAs. I don't think it's the one they started with, but I think it's become their core, correct? It's their core for at least two to three years. Okay. Yeah. And they're on year, I think they're rounding year five now. Because the first one they that's came the out IPA with was Colorblind, correct? Which one? Colorblind was a red IPA. Right, but that's the first IPA that they produced, correct? Or no? Right. Okay. But this is the one that became their... This is, this is, century. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so it. the goal here was, like, to take these three Houston breweries, take their core pie IPA, and put them together in a grudge match in the depths of the hot tub. It's like it's like uh, Mad Max and the Thunderdome, but beer. Three yeah. men enter, one man leaves. Yeah. This one, okay, so the... Like <laughs> <laughs> I got a wild house, okay? okay. I, got a, I got a wild house. Jake's, Jake's, Jake's Saturday night. Uh, Allison, if leave. you're listening to this, you should have stopped four episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know this this one is um, it's decent. You know it's got a lot of citrus, specifically orange mandarina style. I mean, it really it's got it's got a lot of citrus. The malt body to me can be a little bit thin, a little bit sweet, but overall fairly balanced. So there's a lot of citrus in the nose, but there's something on the nose that I'm not. It's almost like when. I'm home brewing, and you got the mash tun, and you're pouring in the hot water into the mash tun. That smell that you're getting off of it, kind of like yeah. that bready sweet, bready sweet. Yes, that's what I'm getting off the top of it, along yeah. with the citrus. Off the flavor, I would say I get this really. I don't know if it's just me, but I get a kind of awkward a uh, like a pineapple. Okay. Taste to it. See, I'm not uh, getting the pine. I'm getting uh, now. Now I'm going back along with the bready theme. I'm getting like bread and orange, yeah. and it's not bad. Like like I dig it, but it's not. It's different. Yeah. Now I'll be honest. Like each one of these has been in the rotation at one point as the go-to IPA in my house. Yeah. So I, I've gone through. I've cycled through all of them. So it's kind of the evolution. Evolution. The evolution. Evolution. Evolution or evolution. Either yeah. one. It's been like, uh, uh, both yeah. fit. Um, so you, you I think uh, there's so many IPA. When you think about it, like, I remember back in the old days. Uh, old days, like two years ago. You think about like, Bow's Point yeah. was the IPA. Sculpin. Okay. Grapefruit Sculpin. Two Hearts. Sculpin. Was it? Yes. Sahara, you know, Nevada, uh, Sahara Nevada Pale Ale. Was, yeah. yeah. Dale's Pale like, Ale. I think a lot of these guys, and then they're, they're national brands now, obviously, but like now they're really hurting to find a place because they don't want to change that brand because people do love that brand. Uh, but you, it's a, I think the, the craft beer industry is kind of like Vegas. You got to evolve if you want to stay relevant. Yeah. Okay. So I don't think any of these guys should change what they're doing. Maybe Hop Gusher, Hipster Sauce, and Crush City aren't meant to be the forefront of people's minds anymore because they have new improving beers that but do you do that. But, but do you eliminate your core so you, and I like what you're saying That's what right I'm saying. Like, you I gotta change evolve those because right because if you change those then they change you know what I mean it's like it, it, it's kind of like a band if you change the band just to be evolving with the times then you're not in the band anymore so all those okay. all those loyal you know what I mean like Metallica, they haven't changed. They they still sound like Metallica. Right. If they were to change, just to 
get better sales currently in 2021. It wouldn't go well. Ooh, there's yeah. some people out there if wearing black t-shirts right yeah. now <laughs> that would be very upset. Yes. You know, so I think that's kind of the thing we're at now. That's why I, I appreciate you picking these beers as opposed to whatever the hottest trend is right now. Yeah. Well, and, that, and that's what, like, we, we spend a lot of time looking at new things, crazy things, uh, things that are not necessarily easily available or readily available. Um, we even started with the French press in bourbon barrels and, and uh, cognac barrels. And so we've, we've evolved into this deal to where I wanted to come back to the basics and just look at these basic core IPAs. And looking at these core IPAs, I, I see the benefit in all of them. And all of them in a Houston area, they, they really do appeal to a Houstonian's heart. And the, the history of our city, uh, who we are in this city, uh, the citrus, like these, we, we were close to tropical climate. We have good produce here. I mean, we're going to get better produce here than you will, you know, in Oklahoma. You know why Oklahoma doesn't fall into, the, or why Texas doesn't fall into the ocean? Because Oklahoma? What is Because Oklahoma sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, okay. Prairie. Sorry. But you mean you mean like Dallas, like South Oklahoma, Dallas? Correct, correct. I, I think I think it's you. you <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fucking Dallas. I, Dallas. South Oklahoma. Listen, listen. You're like the adopted brother, Dallas. You're like the redheaded stepchild, Dallas. I, I love you, and, and you produce some some decent beers every once in a while. I just don't know where they fit in into the whole scheme of things. Mm-hmm. Like even in West Texas, I love West Texas. Half of my growing up was done in West Texas. Uh, Big Ben Brewing when they were in Alpine. Yeah. Fucking loved that beer. Loved it. It was great. And I've had a few El Paso beers. El Paso is doing great things. Um, Austin is killing it, man. ABGB, Austin is killing it. Uh, what do you got? You got, I mean, Live Oak and, and so many other great ones. Blue Owl. Yes. And Dallas, come on. Like, shout out to community. You got some pretty badass barrel aged beers. Rar and Sons, it's, it's solid. But I, let's be real. If I'm, I don't know. We won't get it. Oh shit! Don't put your phone in the hot tub. I think they're waterproof now. All right, there you go. So, as far as flavors as you're getting off of this, what are you getting? What are you tasting? What are you liking? What are you disliking? This this one is fruit forward, for sure. Very fruit forward. Yes. As opposed to the other ones, this is definitely very fruit forward. I feel like this one is meant to be that uh, introductory IPA ish. For people who maybe not had a lot of beers in their life, okay. So I think that this one is, is what that's trying to do. Um, and I know Buffalo Bio's got a bit of a following on social media and, and it's the beer culture as well. Um, but uh, it's just a little, to me, to me, it's a little too much fruitiness for a core I did for me. And, and I get that. I get that. I think. In my head, they're trying to appeal to the citrus, like they're trying to appeal to the Houston area and, you know, oranges and fruit and being in a tropical environment. I mean, not necessarily that we're in a tropical environment, but we're hot, we're humid. Um, It's easy to grow that type of shit down here. Like those adjuncts are the easiest thing in the world. And and it does appeal to it. I I don't know, I I dig it. What's, What's got me conflicted with it 
is, like I said before, that almost bready feeling that I'm getting off the malt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not as clean, it's not as crisp um, as advertised. Now, would I continue to drink this beer? Absolutely. I still continue to drink this beer. Um, I'm not a super Buffalo Bayou fan, but would I go visit the brewery and eat there and drink their beer? Absolutely. I think they have some good stuff. I had a morning wood stout there. I like. Oh my! I bet you had some morning wood. I over did there. have some morning morning wood over there. <laughs> I, I've care, I, I had like. A, oh gosh, hope none of my bosses hear this podcast, right? But I had. Uh, <laughs> they only had, sponsor you. No yeah. big deal. Oh, oh well, you're 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 fine. Uh, it's the other bosses I'm worried about. So the the uh, I, like I had jury duty, downtown. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I didn't get called. So I had the rest of the day. I go to Buffalo Bayou. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's 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 my uh, and it was right near my birthday, so I'm like, fuck it, I'm birthday treat for me. I'm gonna go down and and have a beer at Buffalo Bayou. Um, and had a Morningwood Stout with a chicken sandwich there, and it was great. Dude, their food is phenomenal. Their food is good. Phenomenal. They've done a really good job of that. I think them uh, platypus mm -hmm. has done a very good job of developing a good chicken or not good chicken. I say good uh, kitchen yeah um so there's there's stuff that i want to say that that i initially found at thistle that people around the city are grasping onto mm -hmm. um and buffalo bayou has done a good job of that and and i don't know it's a good beer but there's some there's some things about it some aspects about it that don't make it perfect but beer's not meant to be perfect well you know I hate to disagree with you on that one. I really do. Okay. Uh, I think I think at the end of the day, beer should always be perfect. Okay. But it should be perfect for an individual experience. Well, there you go. Okay. You know so I mean? the it's, beauty it's, the it's beauty becomes be, in the imperfections, it right? Be, so the the it perfection should be perfect. It should be flawless. Flawless. Oh. It needs to be so straight up emerald status. So it should have The Beyonce of beers. Oh, so this this is this is an interesting concept, right? So if we're gonna go with the Beyonce of beers, and we're here with the Houston beers, who's flawless? Well, are any of these three flawless? I no. Are you gonna put a ring on any of these beers? If we had these three beers, I'd pick hipster sauce. I really would. Uh, but would it be my absolute go-to IPA from Houston? Not even close. So not okay. even close. Wow. Okay. So, but this is a good starting point, right? Without so we doubt. get this conversation started. We got three beers to get the conversation started. So while we're here, I tell you what. Let's take a quick break. We're gonna come back. We're gonna put these beers in order, right? And and what I would kind of like to do is us for to come as a consensus as the hot tub beers. One, two, and three instead of three separate one, two, and threes. And so that gold, next time we go this, right. Everybody medals, guys. Everybody medals, right. Like everybody gets an award in fucking fair, positive, fun, fair, positive hashtag beer. Right? Yeah. Hashtag, oh, yes, yes. Hashtag, there you go. <laughs> so we, we'll do this. And then we put the gold medal up against two more beers, two more IPAs next time we come together and do an IPA battle. Sound Done. good? Done. All right. So we'll come back in just a minute with the rating. Welcome to the award ceremony. So we're here for the award ceremony for the initial IPA battle for the Houston uh, IPAs. Uh, the winner will go on to battle other IPAs yet to be determined. So we're going to go with third place. Uh, we got three beers. 
We got Crush City IPA, Hop Gusher IPA, and Hipster Sauce. Crush City's Buffalo Bayou, Hop Gusher is Spindle Tap, Hipster Sauce is 11 Below Brewing. All Houston breweries, all Houston IPAs. So we decided on third place, drum roll, Hop Gusher IPA. That was, that was a very good drum roll. Thank you. Yeah, we had Hop Gusher IPA. I did it with so, my mouth. all right, so why Hop Gusher IPA as the third? I think it has so much sweetness to it that I think it downplays the, the entire style. Um, you know, it's not a bad beer, but it's just not conducive of what I would expect out of an IPA. And I would agree with you. I, I, I enjoyed the IPA. I enjoyed drinking the IPA. I think the nose didn't match the flavor to me. I think the nose said IPA, the nose said piney, the nose said clean. Uh, the flavor did not. The flavor said muddled to me, which I don't think it was bad. I just don't think it like hit the hit the mark for me. Jacob? It didn't have that IPA stamp on it. Okay, good. When people think IPA, that's not what you guys were thinking. And that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, it did. Well, let's go back to the thing when we were talking about like branding and, and uh, nomenclatures. Like when you when you see that 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 pitch on the blondie earlier, you're like, oh, there's no peach. So when it says IPA, it didn't really have that IPA. Like you're saying, there's a lot more sweetness. With IPA, you should really have that hop presence. Yeah, that one had probably the least hop presence. Okay, so I'll least hop presence sure, out of sure. out of hop gusher IPA. So we're moving on the runner up. Runner-up, Jake, you announced your runner-up. Uh, Crush City. Crush City, IPA as the runner-up. Okay, so so why the runner-up out of this one? You know, it's um, it's pleasant, it's uh, it's drinkable, but in the end, it still, to me, does not represent an IPA. It's got so much sweetness, so much citrus uh, to it, that it, just, it doesn't represent what I would honestly pick out of an IPA. Yeah, I would, I mean, there's just a lot of, I kept getting like, I kept thinking in my head, fruit juice, fruit juice. Like a lot of fruitiness, and for me, like, I'm an old school, I believe IPA should be hoppy. I don't know, the yeah. old school West style, uh, you know, like, uh, even like, um, back in the day when like stone was very prevalent, but IPA is like, I think nowadays, especially, people are afraid of the hops, where back in the day... When yeah, people talk about American hops, like, oh, American hops, they have to have everything so much bigger. Everything's bigger in Texas. That's what they would say. Yeah. It's because the hop presence was so big. And now we're like, no, we don't want to have big hop presence. But I still like the hop presence. Um, like I said, the beer wasn't bad. Uh, it did have like a more, I have like, felt like it was more of a juice, juicy IPA kind of mentality. Um, whereas the other ones, the other one was um, the guy who won, obviously. Yeah. Had that good IPA, solid IPA, I, still I drinkable. Yeah, I, I think there was a there was a mix of I, I think where where Crush City stumbled was I don't know whether it's the malt bill or the yeast and, and I'm sure there's somebody who knows beer better than I do that could tell me, but there was this bready feel to the IPA that didn't sit well with me. Like as far as if I'm comparing it to another IBA IPA, excuse me. If I'm going to sit and have a session IPA, I could do Crush City all day long. I don't have a problem with it. It's been in my rotation. It's currently still in my rotation. I like the beer a lot, 
But if I'm comparing it to others, it wasn't as clean. It's a little bit more bready. It's a little bit more yeasty, uh, a little bit more malty than I want in an IPA. And the hop flavor that I'm getting off of it is very citrus, which is good. But it, uh, if I'm going pure, clean Houston IPA, I'm going to go with the winner. I'm going to go with Hipster Sauce from 11 Below. And I'm going that because it has a ballad of the pine, of the citrus. It's clean. You don't, the malt doesn't overpower. The hops don't overpower. It's, it's what it should be for Houston IPA. Um, I think it kind of pokes fun at the, uh, at the community, which, which I like. Uh, I, I think if you take yourself too seriously, then you might be retarded. Um, so the, 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 the fact that it pokes fun at who we are as craft beer drinkers and the hipster sauce and, and, and the, the whole deal, but while balancing the citrus and the pine and a great malt backbone that doesn't bleed into or take away from the hops really did it for me. Yeah. Yeah, it was a solid beer through and through. Uh, it didn't have like a big after linger taste to it. Uh, so a very clean finish. Um, like I say, it, it, it was an IPA. So you have to you have to appreciate for what it is, and I think that's your, when we were talking earlier core beers like that's that's a great core IPA. Good it is a know. great core IPA. Uh, and, you know, hopefully they don't they don't mess with it, they don't change it, let it, let it keep going, and then evolve and do different things as one offs or as uh, specialties. But definitely keep that one as it is. It's, yeah. You know, once you find that niche, don't change it because when you change it, people are gonna get upset. Absolutely. And thank you for all three breweries for producing something good that Houstonians love to drink. Uh, good IPAs that are good introductions into craft beer. Uh, please like, please subscribe uh, to the Hot Tub Beers podcast. Please look out for us and please keep listening to uh, further episodes. If you have any uh, input, please email us at Hot Tub Beers, H U T. T-U-B-B-E-E-R-S at gmail.com. Any feedback is welcome. And until next time, I hope the hot tub stays warm for you.